It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome in to Stinkin' Truth Podcast alongside Mike Evans. I'm Mark Schlereth. Scott the Hub produces the show. want to thank uh, Millennial Ben for setting us up today as Scott the Huff is uh, on vacation again. It's uh, it's incredible. The guy is, I, I think he worked, I don't does he have more vacation days than he has work days during the year? I think so. Yeah. I think so. It's amazing. He's got the sweetest gig. I don't know. His, his I got to talk to that guy's agent. Yes. Like, right? Right. I mean, the guy's amazing. Anyhow, I want to thank our presenting sponsor, great folks over at Superbook, uh, America's Best Bet. Check out Superbook. They do a phenomenal job uh, here in Colorado. Um, and uh, are a sponsor of this program as well. Mike, how are you, buddy? I am doing well. Uh, I'm doing well, and and I, I gotta I gotta start things off. It's a serious subject, mm-hmm. obviously the the Sean Watson story. But this is bizarre, right? This is bizarre. It, it when you think about how people have talked about Deshaun Watson, the kind of guy he is, the kind of character he is. Mm-hmm. You've had some dealings with him. Not only does that not fit with the accusations that are against him, but the sheer overwhelming number right. of accusations. I mean, this is I, – I, I don't think I've ever seen a story like this. It's um, – again, I did a an event at the Super Bowl with him, and he couldn't have been more gracious, more kind, um, more thoughtful – I just I walked out just being like, wow, what a awesome kid, you know. Um, and then you see these accusations against him, and you see, you know, one after the other after the other. And as we cor- record this right now, I think there's 16 civil suits and 24 different accusers who have come forward on Deshaun Watson, and the and the details are, you know, they're all incredibly similar. These are all people who have that he has solicited massages from allegedly off of like Instagram and everything else. And and this the all the stories are similar. Like they're all like I find it hard to believe that you found twenty four people to to like come together and from I think three different states now to come together and all have like all combine their stories and make them similar and like like we always say on this program or when you and I are doing radio together where there's smoke there's usually some fire and you know I can I can say hey there's one person that's trying to do a money grab or two people but when it's this many people that are coming out of the woodworks um it does feel it does feel, and you know, I'll let justice take its course and all that stuff. But boy, oh boy, it, it does feel like, uh, like there's something more to this story. Yeah, of course, you you are still innocent until proven guilty in this country. So, from that standpoint, I'm not, I'm not going to make any definitive uh, judgment on him. But let's just talk about from a football angle. How can he be oh. traded anytime soon? I mean, he can't, right? He's, un, he's right he's now. Untradeable. Yeah, he's toxic. He, he can't. I mean, you can't even go. You can't even have that conversation. Um, and so at the, at this point right now, it, it takes him off the market. And, and and until this is cleared up, and I know one thing about the NFL, they are not in a hurry to make sure they clear something up just so a player can get back on the football field. We saw that they got with, burned by that. 
Yeah, we've we've we saw that last year with uh, Antonio Brown. They took their own sweet time. Yeah. People were saying, just make a decision, make a decision, and they didn't because you knew there was going to be some type of suspension along with it. So uh, the other thing is civil suits. I mean. If there's enough evidence that's presented, right, they could become a criminal trial. It could become a criminal suit. So there is there is so much out there. Um, I will say, you know, not only is it hard for me to believe that 24 different people from several different states came together and said, hey, let's conspire against this particular player, right, to bring this player down. It, that doesn't feel like something that happens to me. The other thing, Mike, is – all these organizations are, I mean, we've just seen what billion-dollar organizations they are. And every organization, like I still go see the massage therapists that worked for the Broncos when I played there 20-some years ago, right? I mean, Steve, he's 350 pounds for crying out loud, right? I mean, he beats the snot out of you. I'm not rolling over with a stiffy going, hey, uh, what, do you, what do you think? I mean... Like, right? His name is Steve. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm I'm just I'm just Not telling you like true. it is, right? right? All these organizations have chiropractors, they have massage therapists, they have like they have the people that work for they've got their own, you know, own their all the all the different amenities that they yeah. have, they're all there at your and even when you can't go into the facility. And you have the masseuse's number. You know, you know the people that work within your organization. You can set those things up to to go and solicit massages from people on Instagram, and and some of them he flew in from different states. Again, it just all feels and it, and I'm I'm prefacing this by saying, hey, you're innocent until you're proven guilty. But there's a lot of stuff that looks suspect. Um, in regards to this this deal with Deshaun Watson, so now you're these teams that have been linked to trying to trade for him. Mm-hmm. Now you got you got to not only put that on the back burner because, as you said, he's toxic, but now that changes your whole draft philosophy, doesn't it? I mean, if you're think about the teams that we're we're talking about him, um, Carolina, yes, okay. Now now they probably draft a quarterback, right? Um, maybe the Broncos. Right. Maybe they choose to to draft a quarterback instead. Um, you, you think about you know some of the, the Jets, the Jets, the Bears, the Bears. All these teams now, their quarterback, they're they're now into Plan B, right? Right. You have to be now. You have to now. You have to set yourself up and say, okay, listen. At the very least, there's no possible way this is going to clear itself before the draft. I mean, hell, the drafts, you know, a month away. So this is not going to get cleared up by then. At the very best, this could be cleared up sometime in like in the summer, right? So, at the, I mean, at the very best, you're going to go through your OTAs. You're going to like. I just don't. I I don't see this getting resolved um, until the season, and then it then it comes down to the Houston Texans. If you're already in the season. I mean, you might as well just tank for whoever else is the next right. guy, right? And see if you can move him in the off season. If if it turns out that you know that he is not guilty of this stuff, right. if it becomes he's guilty, I mean, I, I tell you what, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but it is it looks bad, and some of the some of the 
details that are Oof. like that he's being accused of are you know it's just is it does not look good, Mike. So we've got this this batch of quarterbacks then that teams will be looking at mm-hmm. beyond Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, and we're getting pro days now. Right, we're getting pro days, and because there's no combine, this is these pro days are going up in in importance, and guys are throwing against air. <laughs> They're throwing to. Uh, receivers they know, mm-hmm. they're allowed to kind of set up their own programs. So what are teams really getting out of this? I heard Mel Kuyper, uh, an FOS, a friend of Stink, saying he, that he gets absolutely nothing, nothing out of pro days. Right. I mean, is there any value to these things? Well, I think there's definitely value if you get an opportunity to talk to the kid, um, you get an opportunity to connect with the kid. Um you get to see fluidity of movement and stuff in underpants, you know. So I, I guess that's that's an okay thing. You get to see straight line speed, and then you get to see some of the other things, cone drills, how a guy moves. Um, so I think all that stuff has a value to it to a degree, Mike. I think it can be detrimental to GMs and scouts with big eyes. And what I mean by that is, if you get enamored by athleticism, then when you're evaluating tape, it can change your opinion on tape of what a guy is and what a guy isn't. So I think the best value is obviously what you see on tape. And I've been around a lot of guys who run really fast in shorts and a t-shirt who don't run very fast in football pads. And so you have to be very careful about about the way you look at your tape. Like I think there's value in saying, all right, I don't want you as a coach or I don't want you as a scout to even be at any of these pro days or the combine type of stuff, right? I just want you to grind through tape. And I want you to look at every corner in this market. And I want you to grade every corner based upon what you see on tape. And then we say, as an organization, our corner has to run between a 4-4 and a 4-5-5. And and if he fits in in that window, then he's draftable as a first round corner or whatever, whatever your parameters are for that, right? Our corners have to have between a a minimum of a 33 or 34 inch vertical jump to show, and then people think that shows explosion, right? They've got to have a minimum of that, right? And so you put your parameters together and then you say, okay, now let's, let's pair these up with who is the best guy on film? Well, I think you know, I think it's I think it's uh, the best guy on film is uh, Sertan, or I think the best guy on film is Horn. And then you look, okay, you think the best guy on on film is Sertan? Does he meet our parameters? Yes. Okay, he not only meets our parameters, but he's the best guy on film. Because if you sit and look at Sertan running a four four six, and you look at Horn running a four three nine, and go, oh my god. The 439, are you kidding me? Right? And then you go pick him 
and you realize, well, he doesn't have the fluidity of hips. He's not in and out of breaks as well. He's not, and I don't know. I mean, I haven't studied the guys, but you know what I'm saying. Like you can get, you can get completely overwhelmed by, and you can't get the four three nine out of your mind. Right. And when you look at it, there's so much more to it than straight line speed. And straight line speed, really, to me, really isn't nearly as valuable as what you do in and out of breaks, how quickly you start, how quickly you're out of a break, how, I mean, that to me is where separation in the NFL truly exists and, so, and is created. So so boil it down then, because with there not being a, a combine, there's less ways for teams to evaluate players. The common perception the popular perception is this will hurt teams when it comes to evaluating players. And it's already kind of a 50-50 crapshoot as it is, and this hurts them even more. I don't know. Is it is it possible that maybe sometimes these teams get par- you know, paralysis by analysis and, and might keeping it simple stupid right. might result in a better draft? I mean, how do, how, how to do you me, look at it? Uh, to me, I think it you have the potential of, of relying more on what you see on tape as opposed to what you saw in – in underpants. And I think that's important. Right. I mean, I think that's really important. I think a lot of people, um, and I think it's human nature, Mike, the easiest thing to evaluate is athleticism, right? You can see it. It jumps off the, it just jumps off the field, jumps off the workouts. And honestly, it jumps off the tape. But a lot of time, what, what I think really separates guys and why they're able to use their athleticism to its max is because of their anticipatory skills and the way they react to things. And that, to me, is what you see on tape, right? When a guy is always around the ball, when he's just explosive at the ball, when he just triggers well, it's because he sees it. And then he allows his athleticism to be maximized. There are some guys who have maximum athleticism that don't maximize it on the field because they don't trigger well. They don't see it well. They don't anticipate it well. So, again, I think it does help you. I think it does help you evaluate guys and make sure, hey, he fits the parameters of what we need in a corner or what we need in a safety or whatever, right? Now, I think where it hurts you is how much time do you get to spend individually with each player, like picking his brain and understanding what he understands about football, and then the medical stuff. I, I, and again, that's due diligence on your part as an organization, but the medical stuff in the combine is something that everybody says is the most important part of the combine. Right. And so I think there is, I think there's those two aspects, but I think as far as just studying film and relying on what the film tells you, I think this could be for those teams that really understand it and really understand how to, how to manage it well, I think this could be a great draft for those teams. Free agency has it has it gone the way you thought it would in terms of the contracts given out and and what I mean by that is there was a, there was a sense that with the cap going down and coming off a pandemic that teams would be a lot more frugal with their dollars and yet I'm reading six positions have set or tied contract highs in terms of annual average salary in free agency from. Um, Trent Williams to Joe Tooney uh, to Justin Simmons uh, to Kyle Juszczyk. Mm-hmm. Um 
J.J. Jansen. Does it surprise you that some of these big deals, that, that, that so many of these big deals have been given out? So, so let me just tell you what it, what it says. It says that here's what's different between this free agency and every other free agency, okay? You will pay, as an organization, premium dollars for a premium player. Kyle Juszczyk is a premium player. He's one of the most unique fullbacks in football. He does everything well. So he's a premium player. Trent Williams is a football-playing Jesse that is one of the most explosive athletes that you will watch on tape. And he may miss occasionally, but he is literally trying to murder you every time he comes off the ball. It is phenomenal. I love watching the dude play. I really do. Um, there's a hit on a it's an Arizona linebacker where he comes off. Like, it oh, is, I remember that one. Yeah, oh, yeah, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's consistent. Like he and, and he comes off the ball on the line of scrimmage like that. And, you know, guys that are two feet away from him. And, and just, I mean, you want to talk about sinking your freaking hips and just, whoa, triggering. I mean, he's unbelievable. So you're paying premium dollars for a premium player. You're, you're paying a left tackle $23 million a year. It's awesome. So I, I don't have any problem with that. What you have seen, though, is in the past, you were paying premium dollars for okay or good players. That's what's dried up. Like the good players now in the second wave of free agency are getting one-year deals. Yeah. And and it's really interesting because it's going both ways. The teams are offering one-year deals because, yeah, we, you know, we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna you know kick the tires on you for a year type of thing. It's like uh, Beyonce. We don't want to put a ring on it, you know. We're just gonna we're just gonna test drive you for a for a year. But some of the players are also saying, "Wait a minute, I want the premium dollars for being a very good player." Not the premium for premium. I know I'm a very good player, but right now they're not giving premium dollars to very good players because of the cap situation. Well, guess what's going to happen? Next year, the cap's going to go up. It's going to skyrocket, and I'll be a free agent again, i.e. look at Denver, Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller gets released from Chicago. He's a very good cornerback. I, I don't think he's a top five corner or top ten, but he's in that top 2015 area. Right. So he gets he – gets, a one-year deal, and he's he's the one dictating that. I'll take the one-year deal playing Vic Fangio's defense where I was all pro in 2018, and then I'll see if I can be a good player that gets premium dollars next year, whether it's in Denver or it's somewhere else. So I think that I think that's playing both ways. But what it's what it's eliminated is it's eliminated teams from spending stupid money on average players. It's 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 cut out the Jawan James highest paid tackle in football contract with a guy that's been good when he plays, but wildly inconsistent because half the time he doesn't want to play. You know, he's a hundred percenter guy. So it's eliminated you signing that contract. I think for the most part, you know, there's, there's crazy money and there's stupid money. These new TV contracts. Holy. That might be crazy, stupid money. Well, no, it's crazy money. But it's not stupid money. When it comes to the NFL, yeah, that's true. That's money well spent. 
even though the numbers, Mark, are staggering. Did, did I did I read this right? Eleven year deals worth a hundred and thirteen billion billion dollars. Yeah. yeah. Amazon's getting involved. Um, we we may see in the next couple of years. There's no more affiliation where CBS gets AFC games, Fox gets NFC games. They'll all just kind of be positioned based on yeah. you know the quality of the games and such. I mean, it's it's Teflon, baby. I mean, the NFL is no matter what they may do to shoot themselves in the foot at times, the kind of stuff that would cripple other sports leagues just just rolls off their backs. Yeah. Just it's, rolls off their backs. It is it is amazing. It just goes to show you, you know, I saw I saw a number the other day and it just goes to show you the the value. Remember, you know, when Cuban was saying, "Oh, the NFL bubble is going to burst." Mark Cuban and people were talking about the NBA taking over. Remember that there was yeah. legitimate talk, sure, from people who were intelligent people that were saying, "Hey, the NFL is about ready to you know, they've jumped the shark and they're about ready to go, you know, under. And it's the NBA, man, the NBA and how we've marketed our players and, you know, and the, the player empowerment aspect of the NBA and how it's going to take over the world. You know, they're going to become the most popular, like intelligent people saying the NBA was going to take over as the most popular sport in America. So I, I saw a, a thing the other day last year. It was the, or the year. Yeah, it was. Maybe a couple of year, a couple of years ago, it was LeBron Game Six of the playoff of the of the of the NBA championship, and it might have been LeBron plays in it every year now. Yeah, so I so mean, whichever year. whichever year it was, versus a regular season game between Arizona and Seattle. Okay, okay, so it was a regular season game against Arizona and Seattle versus the NBA Finals Game Six. What do you think the what do you think the the ratings were? Oh, I would say it was probably the NFL game probably got about a, a fifteen, and the uh, NBA game got about a six or seven. Yeah, the, it was the NFL got a seventeen four. Okay, okay, and the uh, NBA Finals game six was a five six five six. Okay, yeah, doesn't surprise me at all. Doesn't Regular surprise season. me at all. It's Arizona guys, like. Ooh, like that's one that you come on now. I mean, it's not even it's not close. It's why when there was this this talk and we don't normally get too political here, but when when I was hearing the talk about, well, you know, America's uh turned off by the kneeling and yeah. people are staying away from the NFL in droves and they've they've made their statements about you know, athletes, they don't want to see athletes uh, you know, talk about causes, they just want them to play mm-hmm. and the people have spoken. That's crap. Yeah, that's crap. I mean, the, the NFL, these TV executives, uh, they only look at the, the bottom line. They, they don't care about politics. They look at the bottom line, and the bottom line is the NFL is good, good business. It's great business. Yeah, it's money well spent. And boy, do we see it yet again with these new TV deals, and especially with the way you know all the streaming apps and all, yeah. everything is taken away. Uh, from you know they've got all the cable cutters and all that kind of stuff going on. Uh, bottom line is is even if you even if you're quote unquote losing money on the games themselves, what they bring to your network is how you're surviving and making money. Right. And live sports is is what does that. Yeah. Um. I it, yeah. It's it is amazing. 
what the NFL has been able to create, the uh, the beast that is. You know, and they always seem to be ahead of the curve. They see where the viewing habits are going, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so, you know, they put a game on, you know, Amazon Prime, and we're all like, what? What are you doing? But th- they see the way it's going, you know, with all the streaming and everything, and um, everything's going to be a la carte type stuff with, with, with what you decide to to watch, what kind of Disney+, Plus, ESPN+, Plus, HBO Max, all that stuff. They're ahead of the curve. They see the way it's going. Yeah. And they monetize it. They do. They do a phenomenal job, Mike. And uh, and as somebody who works in the TV business, you say thank I you. I say kudos. <laughs> Good Co- job, you. Good job. Keep you. it up. Keep it up. Call Keep flag. it up. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, I'm happy to be a part of it. I'm proud to be affiliated with it. And, and listen, man, you, you know, we, does it have its issues like everything else does? Yeah. Absolutely. It's it a has monster, its though. It's a monster. But the NFL is a monster. I told you this, man. I had a, I had a uh, kind of an impromptu conversation with Roger Goodell in, in London last year, uh, 20, I guess, 2019 season. And just discussing, like, discussing the NFL. And, He's like, well, what would you like? What would you change that we do? Like, what do you, what do you? And I'm like, dude, our game is awesome. It's awesome. And I get quit being reactive toward a very small percentage that have a very loud voice of people who don't like our game. And my exact words to him was, "Fuck them." Pardon my French, but I was like, I don't, I don't give a shit about them. Fuck them. Let them. You know. Complain about all the all that. Let them complain and let. Oh, it's unsafe and it's oh, we're killing our kids. You know all that. I go, okay, gives a shit. What was his reaction to that? His reaction was like, "You're right, you know, but we're trying to. They're not trying to damage control and all that stuff. And yeah. you know, and I understand that aspect of it. And I'm like, you're doing everything you can do now." For safety. You guys, you avoided it for yeah. a long time, but now you're, hey, man, you settled a billion-dollar lawsuit. You've, you, you're doing everything you can do as, as, best, as best you can do it. I understand that. But at some point, you have to say, hey, we're all big boys. We know what we got into. We're not, there's no, we're not lying about it anymore. It's dangerous. Okay. I mean, so is getting in your car and driving to the grocery store, for crying out loud. So, um I'm just like with, with with him. I'm just like, dude, quit apologizing for our game. Quit apologizing for our game. Our game is great. Stop it. And it, I mean, these TV contracts just prove it, right? Oh. What'd you say? 113 billion. 113 billion over 11 years. Yeah, like over a hundred percent increase on what they were getting before. In, in a time in which all other sports are hurting and cutting right. costs. I mean, no, these guys are yeah. just. In a, time, in a time where if, you're, if your contract is up and you're negotiating a contract, everybody's going, well, COVID really, really hurt us. We can't pay you. It's yeah. COVID. It's meanwhile, COVID. Yeah. Meanwhile, the networks are like, here, here please. Right, please. Here's my check. Take our money. Take our money. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It allows us to do this kind of stuff. Right. It's just, l- just, I mean, as I've always liked to joke about the NFL. It's a 365-day-a-year beast that needs to be fed. It, and but you, you, there's but never it's, not sh- a, it's not a joke. It, it, That's real. It's real. Yeah. And there's never any shortage 
of stuff to talk about. There is never, never. hey, it, as we like to say on our station, 104.3 The Fan, never an offseason for talking football. Nope, never. There isn't. There isn't. And they have created that, and kudos to them, um, because it's kept me from working for uh, my entire adult <laughs> 30 life. 30 years. <laughs> I mean, what do you, right? No, it's right? true. My dad told me when I was a little boy, he goes, find something you love to do, and you'll never have to go to work. Well, you've never worked a day in your life. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. And I'm going to try to continue that uh, that trend. Hey, for everybody involved in the Stinky Truth Podcast, we thank you for listening, for presenting sponsor, great folks over at Superbook, America's Best Bet. Check them out here in Colorado, also in New Jersey. They're coming to New Jersey as well. So that's uh, the great folks at Superbook. For Mike, myself, for Scott, we thank you. We'll be back with you next week.